What's up, church planters and all you fans of church planting? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend and fellow planter in arms, Matt Hess. And you guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planters. So whether you're a lead church planter or you're on a church planting team or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom of God. What's up, Matt? What's going on, brother? Not much. How are you doing, man? Doing good, man. Just got home last night uh, from some travel, and it, man, I'm getting old, bro. Like when I I used to do like back to back week long trips, and now I'm gone for like five days, and I'm just like so ready to to get back. Yeah, we were just talking the other day about how like traveling is is starting to be not as exciting as it used to be, right? It's it's really not. I mean, like I I literally before every trip I I go on. I'm usually in the car thinking, why did I commit to this? Um, yeah. But I always enjoy it. You, I mean, it, it never fails. Like I, I always enjoy it, actually, once we go and stuff. It's it's great, but yeah. Yeah, people are always asking me to speak at big conferences and stuff all over the world. I'm just like, guys, I just, for you, bro. I just can't. It's tough for you. You got to <laughs> you gotta carry your cross, man. <laughs> yeah, that was not good, really. though, man. I went, I went down to Tampa and did a seminar at a church down there on living in an increasingly post, uh, Christian context. And that was really fun, man. I, yep. that was a little out of my comfort zone, but, um, but in it was Tampa? fun, man. What's that in Tampa? Yeah. In Tampa. Why was it out of your comfort zone? I don't know, man. You know, I, I mean, I like to just preach, you know, yeah. and like when they give you a subject and oh. you got to do research and you, if you're going to put numbers and statistics up there, you actually got to have a source, you know, right. all these, all these people, they, do, actually, they actually doing, want you to back your facts Aren't you trying up. to get a demon? <laughs> I am. I'm writing my doctorate. I am. I do you am. regret that decision? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, maybe, maybe part of that I do. Yeah. Maybe part of it I do. Yeah. But no, man, it was, um, it was good. And went down to Atlanta and, um, we didn't, we're doing a new thing with the uh, network called uh, city team summit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was a lot of fun, man. Just That's awesome. Being down there with those guys and stuff. How are you? I'm doing great. We are moving in a week. So I feel like we just moved houses and I'm packing again. Uh, so we're not moving cities. We're just moving to a, our own. We purchased our first home. So we're moving to our own home in the city. Uh, well, not inside DC, but in Alexandria. So yeah, pumped about that. We're in the midst of a week of prayer right now as a church. And it's been really, really awesome. Like that's awesome. Just been, I saw that. Dude, it's just been so cool. We had uh, we packed out our house last night. There were thirty three people here for the prayer meeting. Wow, it was pretty. It was pretty legit, man. We were like singing praise and worship songs and just like powerful time of prayer. And that's amazing, dude. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty. We're really excited about what God's doing. Like not right now, we feel like God's really working in a special uh, way here. So, well, hey, man, man, we've got a special guest on. So yes, we're going we to introduce him. Uh, I want to introduce our listeners to Brian O'Day. Uh, Brian is the uh, executive director of the Praetorian Project. I'm going to let Brian here in just a minute explain what the Praetorian Project is. But uh, he's also he also helped to plant uh, Pillar Jacksonville in North Carolina as a, as a church plant that's uh, a part of the Praetorian Project. And he's still an elder there uh, as well. And so I've gotten to know Brian since uh, I you know became a part of the Praetorian Project after 
uh, we helped to start Pillar DC here, and I've been really excited to have him on because uh, you know the Praetorian Project is an, is an example of a church planning network that has been uh, that has seen fruit, uh, that's doing yeah. some good things, and and it's got a re- really unique vision. And so mm-hmm. I thought it would be something cool to talk about and maybe talk about some of the lessons that uh, that that Brian and the rest of the leadership team of the Praetorian Project has learned over the years, maybe from mistakes that have been made and also just from good things that we've done that, you know, that maybe people might see and say, hey, like, you know, that's something that we can emulate. Yeah. Uh, so, Brian, welcome to the trenches, man. Man, good to be here, guys. Appreciate you. You bet. We're glad to have you on. So, Brian, uh, you weren't always a pastor and you were not always the executive director of a uh, church planting network either. So why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about your story and how God led you to this point in your life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, appreciate talking about it. Uh, it. It's funny you guys in your little intro use the word everyday church planter. Uh, I've called myself an accidental church planter or a... Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, it, it was certainly not at the top of my list. Uh, I went to not a Bible college. I went to North Carolina state university in Raleigh. Um, great place. Go Wolfpack, uh, not excellent sports times, uh, for us right now. Uh, but it's at least bearable to watch. But, um, when I graduated from NC state, I went into the U S Marine Corps. Um, I was recently saved. I was saved at 20 years old. And so joined the Marine Corps, felt like that's what God had for me. I was a, a 9-11 uh, joined to the Marine Corps, um, literally signed up a couple months after, um, after 9-11 as a, as a new Christian and felt like that's what God had for me. Um, I was in the Marine Corps for about eight years when I joined what is now our sending church. Uh, there in Quantico, outside of Quantico, Virginia, outside of Marine Corps Base Quantico, uh, Dumfries, Virginia. And um, and just, they talked a lot about church planting. Um, they were a church plant. They were about four or five years old. And they just talked about it a lot and caused me to ask the question, should that be me? Should that be me that goes out and starts a church? And every sermon I listened to there at the church. Uh, and then for a few months, every quiet time that I had, I would read the Bible and somehow it always pointed to missions, church planting, which it does anyway. Right. But, Mm -hmm. uh, for me, just all of those parts came out. Uh, and I just had this overwhelming thought that I'm supposed to get out of the Marine Corps and start a church in Jacksonville. It was pretty clear. I'd been stationed there before. And so I was pretty clear that that's where I was supposed to go. And, um, uh, so I, I kept it to myself for a long time. Finally, I, I told my wife cause I just couldn't keep it to myself anymore. <laughs> and, uh, I think her response was something like, yeah, you should keep that to yourself. Uh, when I told her I was, uh, considering this and, uh, and so I did, I kept it to myself for two more days. Uh, and then, uh, one of my pastors at the time as at, at that church had sent me an email and said, Hey, Hey man, I know I've only known you for two months. I know you've only been at the church for two months, but, uh, I'd like to, I'd like you to consider learning how to preach. And I said, dude, your timing is really interesting. We should probably get together and talk about this. And so I had told him what God had been laying on my heart and, uh, that I'd never been, um, 
an elder. I'd never been a pastor of a church, uh, not ordained, never been to Bible college, no seminary degree, none of those things. I'm just a jarhead that feels like God's calling me to be a Marine. And uh, so he said, well, let's let's examine you for the biblical character qualifications for elder and let's train you to preach. And if this is what God has for you, we'll figure it out. And I'll train you how to plan a church. Yada, yada, yada. I got orders. Uh, my next station was down to Jacksonville. I served my last two years in the Marine Corps, ended up uh, deploying to Afghanistan uh, for my third deployment. Um, and uh, when I got back, I was just, I was telling a group uh, just last night that was in my house. Um, I got back from Afghanistan at the end of August of 2012. And the first church gathering was January, the first week of January, 2013. So about four months after returning from Afghanistan, started mm-hmm. the church. So, wow. uh, and that was about two years after the call and starting to train with, uh, uh, with my sending church. Mm-hmm. Man, that's awesome. That's so cool to uh, just to hear your story and God's faithfulness and and I love I love like that that story really highlights what we mean when we say everyday church planner, right? Like uh, I think that's how you know that's how I consider myself and uh, and Matt considers himself and uh, I mean this is that's one of the you're an example. I think your story is an example of what we are praying for and what we need to see more of is homegrown mm-hmm. church planters being raised up yeah. from within. Yeah. You know, and we did an episode a couple of months ago where we, you know, we talked with Clint Clifton and I think Clint laid out how to do that better than anything I've ever heard in that episode a couple of months ago on just, this is what it looks like to raise up homegrown church planners. And so, um, well, man, uh, tell us a little bit about the Praetorian Project. What have you, I guess, first of all, what is the project? And second of all, what have you seen God do through the Praetorian Project so far? Maybe just brag on it a little bit. What's God been doing? Yeah. So uh, around that same time that I was called to plant uh, in Jacksonville, um, another guy was being called to plant as well, Roy Garza, who's now in 29 Palms, California. Um, But we were both in the same church, actually in the same small group and felt like God was calling us to do this. And so we started to wonder, hey, what would it look like? Look, I feel like God's calling me to plant in uh, near a Marine Corps base. Uh, I love the DNA of our church. So we ended up calling it the same thing. We're like, Hey, can we call it pillar church? Can we just steal your logos? Can we steal all your stuff? So I don't have to think about those things. <laughs> I've been accused of a lot of things. Creativity is not one of them. Uh, I love it, man. so, so, uh, we just took all of it and said, we want to do that. And it would really help as military members move back and forth from, uh, Quantico, Virginia to Camp Lejeune. Uh, we could, we could, just have pastoral handoffs. They could understand that they're going to get, uh, you know, similar teaching, similar doctrine, uh, from one church to another. And so that's where the idea came from of the Praetorian project. It's based on a passage in Philippians one, where Paul says, I'm sitting in prison and the gospel is advancing because I'm proclaiming the gospel to the Praetorian guard, Imperial guard, whatever your translation says. And the gospel is being spread as I, as I, witness to these Roman soldiers and they get, they kind of transition out and they go all over the Roman empire. We see ourselves similar. I'm sitting here in prison called Jacksonville, North Carolina, (laughs) and uh, it's a swamp. And, uh, Roy Garza is in a prison called 29 Palms, California, a little bit nicer there in Northern Virginia and Washington, DC, ah. uh, by some, by some, uh, <laughs> measures. I don't know. Maybe you're in prison in Washington. We're in DC, financial prison where financial we can't prison afford here. anything. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, my cost, stumps. It's beautiful. Yeah, my uh, my cost of living here is uh, is quite nice, but um, yeah. yeah. So as we sit still, we proclaim the gospel to uh, service members and their families, and when they transition, they take the gospel with them uh, wherever they go. And so that's the uh, that's what the project is. We say we're a family of churches that is planting churches in military communities around the world. Mm. So that's what we're doing. Uh, your second question was, uh, what have we seen happen? Yeah. 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 So what have we seen happen is we have currently, we have seven, uh, actively meeting churches in the project, uh, Northern Virginia, DC, Eastern North Carolina, uh, Southern California, two in Southern California, and then one in Okinawa, Japan. So really spread out, uh, throughout many time zones, uh, predominantly Marine Corps, uh, but we are branching into the other services as well. Uh, Pillar Okinawa has a lot of soldiers and uh, a lot of uh, airmen from Kadena Air Force Base. Uh, and then DC, you guys have access to all the services and yeah. then Pillar Woodlawn down there in Alexandria uh, near you as well. Uh, Brian Collison, they're outside of um, Fort Belvoir Army Garrison. Yeah. Hmm. So we're starting to see that that vision spread to all the military, even though it started primarily Marine Corps. Mm. Um, so we've seen in our network multiple churches plant. So this is not, you know, Pillar Dumfries was the first one and they've planted lots of churches. They Clint's a great guy to have about organic church planting, raising guys up to send out. He, he's the guy to talk about that. Uh, and Pillar Dumfries in our network, they have planted several of the churches. They're the sending church for me. They're the sending church for uh, Pillar Woodlawn. They're the sending church for Pillar DC. Uh, but then we're the sending church for uh, Pillar Oceanside. And, and then Pillar Oceanside is the sending church for Pillar Okinawa. And then they're getting ready to send another one out to uh, San Diego. So yeah. we've seen multiple churches. So three out of our seven churches are planting churches in the network. So it's not yeah. just a, a, a one church mothership. Um, but we want to see all of our churches be multiplying churches. And so we're, we're really starting to see that happen, man. That's awesome, man. That's amazing, bro. Just to hear your story and to hear what God's, you know, telling you and, and how you've obeyed and all those kinds of things. Um, man, simplify, brother. That's pretty cool. I, yeah. you, you know, I, I listen to you talk, man, about the different locations and stuff. Every time, like, um, I get around you or Roy or Clint and, or another predatorian guy, pillar guy, my, my heart always just is on fire, man, because, you know, many people outside of the military community, they don't know those places. They don't know those locations. But when you hear those, like when I hear you talk about like, you know, Okinawa, I think about friends that were in third Marines and I mean, it's just neat, dude. I, I hear Jacksonville, North Carolina and, you know, for our listeners, I mean, you got tattoo parlors, <laughs> you got bars and you got Brian's church. Right. So like, <laughs> there's a lot of, but there's a lot of, when I was over there, man, there's that, it was like a place where they needed more gospel centered churches. And I think like military bases in general need more around those communities. And I just think it's such a phenomenal, really fascinating model. And I love what you said, man, about how you stole their logo and all that stuff and you didn't care. And I don't know if Jerry wants to speak into this, but I think it's really great because the more you talk when, 
you know, we're hearing more things like that because when you talk to some planners today, they get so infatuated and fixated on like branding and, you know, model or whatever it might be. But we work so much better together. We built the kingdom so much better together. So who cares what you call your church? I mean, I don't, I don't mean who cares. I mean, if God wants you to call your church something, call it that. But, but that's not the major. We're, we're, we're majoring on the minors in a lot of ways in church planning, I think. And I think when you're, when you're saying like we, we're going to co- cooperate, we don't, it doesn't have to be with us. We don't have to create this thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I just think that's so powerful, man. I would love to hear, I would love to hear how you guys are, are um, kind of championing the in your case, Marine leadership and the natural kind of, um, when, when a Marine walks into a room, you know, there's that he, he's the leader. And any, if you got a private first class in the room with another private first class, if one of them joined a month before, you know, he's, you know, uh, higher rank. And I would love to hear what all that looks like fleshed out in terms of like discipleship and leadership development. If you can speak into some of that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little tough for me to speak on in some ways because dude, I was active duty for 10 years and, uh, some people have to like, but it also, man, a Marine Corps fit my personality. Like I love it. It it just, it's who I am. It's hard to separate anything the way I think from, from the Marine Corps in some ways. Right. But, uh, it's also something we have to, we, we take advantage of it, but we also have to fight against it a little bit. So, yeah. uh, like you say, everything in the Marine Corps is based on rank and seniority based on time and time and grade time and service, those types yeah. of things. So like you say, you know, PFC that got there three weeks earlier is senior to the other guy. Um, and so some of that tries to come into the church, right? So mm. rank tries to come into the church. Uh, oh, I've been here longer. You know, that never affects any of our churches, right? Where, where <laughs> well, we've, we've always done it that way, right? Yeah. And so um, those things are always trying to come into the church. Uh, so what we have to do to fight against it and to, to teach well is that no, 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 our goal here and what seniority looks like here is spiritual maturity. Mm-hmm. And so we want spiritual maturity to be elevated. Yeah. Uh, one of the things the military provides us in the fact that people are coming and going all the time is that we are always having to go through the process of appointing new elders and deacons. So we're a plurality of elders church and we are served by deacons. Uh, and so right now we have four elders and six deacons in a church that is normative size, uh, under a hundred, under a hundred members, under 200 on Sundays, uh, for sure. And so, uh, so lots of elders, lots of deacons, and we just, every year, uh, we examine and appoint new elders and deacons. And so that gives us an opportunity to elevate, Hey, here's what we're looking for, for elders. And we read first Timothy three, we read Titus one, here's what we're looking for, for deacons. We read the rest of first Timothy three, uh, for all of them. We kind of, we look at, uh, Acts six, which is probably a prototype of elders and deacons. Hmm. Um, and so we just want to read those things. We want to highlight them. We want to say, look, these are the types of people we're looking for, for elders and deacons. Um, but we always say, we're like, but, 
pay attention. These are really just markers of spiritual maturity. This is what we should all be attaining. Uh, not everybody's going to preach. Uh, not everybody's going to teach, but we should all be obtaining and looking for spiritual maturity. And so we want to highlight that, not just, oh, that guy's been here the longest. He should be in charge of something. Yeah. yeah. No, not necessarily. Or that guy's a colonel. He should be in charge of something. Not necessarily. Yeah. Um, and, and we we actually want to uh, find spiritually mature people all over the place. And so uh, all up and down the rank structure, you know, a 19 year old PFC is probably not going to be an elder. Um, but, uh, but we just want to find it up and down the rank structure and up and down the experience um, in the military and in our church. Man, that's, that's interesting. I'm, I'm sure Jerry's got, I, I gotta, I just, I just had this thought. What do you, what do you do what, what you were talking about with just because somebody has been in the military long or whatever, what do you do in that environment? Cause I was stationed in Quantico for a couple of years and I remember going to a church out there and there would be like higher ranking like officers and stuff. And like, you're not looking at them like as a brother in Christ. Of course I wasn't a brother in Christ. I didn't know Christ yet, but so that's why I did. But, uh, but you looked at them as like, you know, gunnery starter, gunny or whoever it might be, you know, and it's like, how do you, how do you deal with some of that in, in the Praetorian project and like your different churches? Am I making sense what I'm asking? You know, like how, how do you just come to as brothers in Christ without there being like that structure, that rank or whatever it might be? Yeah. You know, again, it's always a challenge. Uh, yeah. there is a challenge of that. I, I would say for the more mature Christians, um, they are able to understand that their rank in their position is a role that they serve in and right. it should, it should be taken seriously. However, uh, it should not be their primary identity as a human being. Yeah. And it, it should not be their primary identity within the body of Christ. And so, wow, that's um, good. um, so we do, we have, we're able to see that we see guys right now. Uh, I, I tend to know just cause once I ask three questions, you know, about who they are, where they work, what do they do? Like I, it's interesting to me. And so I, I figure out their rank pretty quickly and their MOS pretty quickly, their job. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I know, so I, we have a couple, uh, PFCs, uh, private first class E2, um, in the church and we have an 06 in the church, never had a general officer in the church. Uh, it's the first time we've actually had an 06, but 05, 06 is, um, in the church. And For our uh, listeners, that would be, it's basically a, a high ranking senior officer is what 05, it's yeah. a, it's a pay, it's a pay grade yeah. is what 05 yeah. and 06 stand for. So thanks. Try to help us yep. translate a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Jared. yeah. Not, we need a civilian like, whoa, stop. What are y'all talking about? <laughs> what are you guys talking about? I've been about a civilian long enough minutes. now that I can kind of think through both lunges. So <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm, I'm trying to say it three different ways, but yeah, yeah a pretty high ranking officer 06. So, yep. yeah. um, but to help it. And really the leadership, uh, the leadership helps to drive that to not be yeah. overly enamored with it. Um, yeah, just don't be overly enamored. Um, I don't call, I don't call them sir. Now, if I were in, I'm still a reservist. So okay. if I were in uniform and he was in uniform and I see him at the PX, man, I fall right into our roles there. Sure. Um, sure. but then at church, he, you know, the 06, 
he, he defers to me and the other elders as pastor. And he's not one of our elders. Yeah. Uh, he, he defers to us. He's like, well, you know, he, he understands that. And, and so in some ways, as long as you can get behind the fact that, Hey, your rank on the other side of that gate, man, we want to value that. We want to leverage that for the kingdom. Yeah. Um, but when you walk in the doors here, like the cool thing is they defer to rank. And so they understand structure. They understand those things. So they understand that, hey, the elders are our authority here yeah. in teaching and in doctrine. So they immediately respond to that. They actually, Marines and I would say most service members don't really thrive in ill-defined authoritative relationships. It's good. Um, and so if you can define it and teach on it well, it's yeah. good. And so uh, I think they even respond to, okay, the elders actually defer to the congregation. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so the congregation has final say in for us, it's uh, a few things. So to change our constitution, our budget, some of those things, those are congregational decisions appointing, Man, I- appointing officers is a congregational decision. So as long as you can teach on it and tell them what it is, man, they thrive in that stuff. They do not thrive in like, Hey guys, let's all kumbaya and get together. And nobody's really in charge. Mm -hmm. That, that actually, uh, military guys, they don't like that. Yeah. Right. Um, Have you ever been tempted to say, Hey, Colonel stack those chairs. Uh, <laughs> I'm just joking, bro. I'm just joking. Uh, man, we are, we're in a weird position. We don't stack chairs anymore. Uh, we've oh, got, like a, wow. we got a church building. We're, uh, we're crazy now, but, oh um, man, good for you guys. No, I have not actually been tempted. Colonel's uh, tithing. Your, your heart, uh, man, your heart, you might need to do some, some heart work there if you're, uh, <laughs> that's your goal. But. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so Brian, um, let me ask you, I, I want, I guess one of the things I want to clarify for our members is that, I mean, for our listeners is that, uh, uh our churches and the Praetorian Project are not military churches, right? I think that's right. a distinction that we yeah. always want to make clear that I could, so could you kind of explain that? Because I think that's one thing that whenever I talk to people about the Praetorian Project, it's one of the things that tends to get uh, lost in translation is that people assume we're a military church. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Could you kind of maybe speak into that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And so even how we talk about it, we are a family of churches that is planting churches in uh, military communities, right? So we're in communities near military installations. Uh, so we try to use that language, but uh, even more so, we try to actually be that and we try to reflect our community. Uh, and we've already talked about some of the locations. So I'm in Jacksonville, North Carolina. Uh, my county... If you take all the uniform service members, guys that like put on a uniform and their immediate family, wife, kids, uh, that accounts for 80% of the population of my county. Wow. Wow. So I got about 20% of people in the community that are sitting still, people that went to high school here, people that own businesses, start jobs, things like that. So I really want my congregation, I really think it's healthy if my congregation is... 75 to 85% active duty military in their families. And, and we are, we're about that. We, we started out way too high on that. We're like 99%. Um, and then, uh, we've come down, we're about 85% right now. Um, but if you look at Washington, DC, I, I don't know what your percentage is, but it's a lot lower yeah. um, because the population of Washington DC is like 
I don't know, uniform service members and their families is probably less than 10% of the population of Washington, D.C. Probably, probably less than five, honestly. Probably less than 5%, yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. if you start adding in like government civilians, D- yes. yeah. civil yeah. servants, some yeah. of those types of things, you, you probably get higher, more like 10, 15%. Yeah. <laughs> Politicians. But, um, yeah, we don't so, count. We don't uh, count politicians. How, how far you how far you want to spread that? But but here's the here's the other thing. So we're not. So like I said, we we don't have a mother church that is planting all these churches, and we all like look back to Mecca to find the answer for things. We are autonomous churches, right? Led by our own congregations with their own elders. And we want to reflect our, we want to reflect our community demographically, but we want to penetrate our community with the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we notice that all the churches, they are very different. Man, I had a pleasure to worship with Pillar DC on their launch Sunday a few weeks ago. Very different than our church. Um, doctrinally sound, preaching sound, music that is glorifying God, not glorifying man. Um but it's just a different personality because you're in a different spot. Like one, let me tell you a problem. I don't have pulling up to my church on a Sunday morning, where to park. Like that's pretty easy. It's, it's pretty easy at in DC where to park is a legitimate question. I can literally show up. I don't cause I'm supposed to be one of the pastors, but uh, (laughs) I, I could show up two minutes before the service starts park, walk in, uh, at my church. DC, you can't do that. You, nope. you got to show up like 30 minutes early, find a parking spot, walk, you know, t- 10 minutes and, and get to the service. Um, but that's what Ubers every Sunday. Yeah. So no, that's a, man, he walks everywhere. <laughs> yeah. well, I guess not, not if he's in uh, Alexandria, but nope. um, so it's very different. Um, but we want one thing that's interesting. So we're in Jacksonville, North Carolina. There are Bible belt, even though we're 80% military, there's still Bible belts stuff there's still a lot of that mentality that exists just because we're in North Carolina. Um, Southern California, very different. Uh, one of our churches that we've sent out is in um, Oceanside, California, outside of Camp Pendleton. Mm. It's, a, it's just a very different population. Uh, and so the church takes on a different feel. Um, but again, preaching, music, lyrics, those types of things. The music is different, different places. And a lot of that's the personality of the leaders and then also the culture a little bit. But um, yeah, so we want to plant in communities near military. And honestly, one of the big things we want to see, and uh, right now Pillar Okinawa is uh, really having to try hard to do this, um, but we want to see the gospel bridge the gap between military and civilians. It is. Military is a little different culture. It's not, I don't go so far as to call it a people group, but it's a different culture. It has its own language. It has its own, you know, I say, oh, five, that means something around here. I say, Colonel, that means something to the average person in, in middle America that may not mean as much. Um, so we want to bridge that culture gap with the gospel. The, some places that's a big bridge and some places that's a small bridge. Okinawa, Japan, there's lots of barriers. Uh, there's history, there's language, there's culture. There's, there's a lot of uh, challenges there, but, but we want to bridge the gap between uh, military and civilian. We want to see 
military and civilian worship the Lord together, be unified in the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately, there's not a lot of other places uh, where you see that happen, except for entertainment. Um, yeah. Entertainment's really the only place where you see military and civilian really um, about the same thing at the same time. So when I say entertainment, I mean like movies, sports, things like that. Like yeah. everybody around here for some reason loves uh, like get on bandwagons because nobody's from here. So everybody jumps on bandwagons. So you got a bunch of like Alabama fans and um, <laughs> oh, Patriots fans and like just weird stuff. Oh, like, so, that nothing. So they unify around that, but uh, yeah. it's just, it's weird. We don't have any sports teams near us. Yeah. So you just see like everything here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of weird. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, the reason that, uh, this, you know, the vision of the Praetorian project for me, I think is so uh, unique is that it's really not about starting military churches. It's that we see number one, you know, we care about military personnel and their families, uh, and they, they've got unique, a unique set of circumstances in which, you know, they're literally, they're moving every couple of years all the time. And a lot of times they have trouble getting rooted into a healthy church family. And so we want to provide church homes for them where they get to but but we also see an opportunity to take the gospel around the world on Uncle Sam's dime, right? To literally like uh, like they're going as they PCS as they move from duty station to duty station, uh, they're getting sent out, and and instead of viewing that as a problem where we're losing leaders and losing key people, we can send them out, commission them, and they can take the gospel uh, with them. Uh, and I think it's so important that in our communities, though, you also need, um, you know, you need, uh, um, a solid base as well in your church, you know, like we need, you know, non-military members and we need civilians to get, you know, plugged in and become members of the church who are going to be there for 10 years, you know, uh, who aren't going to move around all over the place. Uh, I think that's, uh, just as important. So, uh, I think the thing that's, I think the thing that's like, I'm like, uh, I'm always really impressed with, um, when I talk to you guys is, uh, I, I think like networks and, and, um, you know, like my, not like the sin network with all those, re, I mean, nobody's trying to become the sin network, obviously, but like, you know, micro networks and churches that partner together that, that plant churches and stuff. But I think that, I think we're ahead of the curve in terms of where culture and society is going, because we're going to have to link arms. We're going to have to be closer together and it, it versus like doing our own thing and being siloed. Yep. And what, what I, what I really love what you're talking about, Brian is, um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Jacksonville, North Carolina, is seventy thousand to eighty thousand, probably population wise, something like that. Yeah, eighty-two thousand right now. Yeah. So you, so and it's it's growing. I mean, like it's nothing like it was back. At, I mean, back in the day, Jacksonville did not have a great reputation. But I mean, that's not the case anymore. Like the development and all those kinds of things. I, man. I was shocked with how Northern Virginia is growing and developing. So like military bases and the cities around towns, around military bases, like they're, they're no longer the places that they once were. And it's, I love what you were talking about that we're not, you're not going for uniformity across the Praetorian project necessarily. You're going for unity and you guys are unified around certain core, core 
pillars, right? And um, and that's that's the that's the cool thing I think that our listeners should hear. You know that you go into you know one church, it's not going to look exactly the same like another church. And I think that um, that's what I really love about the freedom of you know how you guys are starting churches, but. It's really interesting yeah. to me. You know, so this is a really great conversation, guys, and I, I know we've got a lot more ground to cover. So I'd love to maybe just break this up into two episodes. So uh, why don't we just bring this episode to a wrap, and we'll come back with part two next week. We'll continue our conversation uh, with Brian. Uh, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in to another episode this week of In the Trenches. Uh, make sure you head on over to www.getinthetrenches.com. You can find links to all of our other episodes. We got tons of content up there uh, and make sure that if you have not done so already that you head on over to iTunes or Spotify or Google Play and hit that subscribe button it just helps increase uh, the exposure of in the trenches so if you think this is a good church planning podcast and you think it would be helpful for church planners to find it then why don't you uh, do that for us and it'll help get this podcast into the hands of more church planters so we'll be back next Monday with another episode of In the Trenches. Happy Veterans Day out there, veterans. But until next Monday, go out there and get in those trenches, church planners.